hey, everybody, it's Kevin Stevenson, and you're on I Don't Care with, yeah, me, Kevin Stevenson. And uh, so I, I was just talking to our guest off air, and I said, I am, I am, I feel so stupid, uh, you know, after reading her bio. Uh, I, I don't think we've had a guest who has this level of education on before. So, uh, and I've also told her, you're carrying the episode because I know next to nothing about what you do. So this should be a lot of fun. Folks, meet Dr. Andrea Small Howard. Uh, Andrea, welcome to I Don't Care. Thank you very much for having me. This should be a lot of fun. And I will try my best to talk like a human being, okay? Instead of a robot. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Just a couple of things. I wanted to read part of your bio on LinkedIn, which was equally impressive. Uh, It says, Dr. Andrea Small Howard has 25 years of scientific research and executive experience in the biopharma industry, supervising R&D manufacturing and quality control divisions in the U.S. and China. Dr. Small Howard has taken novel biological products from ideation through commercialization, and she's been named an inventor of 70-plus patent applications, taking the lead in obtaining regulatory approvals for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and orchestrated commercial licensing deals. And now Dr. Small Howard is the president, chief science officer, and member of the board of directors at both GB Sciences Incorporated and their wholly owned Canadian subsidiary, GBS Global Pharma, Inc. Okay, I'm going to take a breath uh, because also equally and probably more impressive, she has a PhD in biochemistry, molecular biology, and immunology from University of Southern California. But what I found most (laughs) impressive was back when you were at Occidental College, you were a little sister to the chemistry professor. (laughs) That is amazing. They had great parties. You wouldn't think it, but, you know, better living through chemistry. (laughs) I would think you guys, you know, those guys probably can mix up some pretty good drinks. It's just absolutely. So, so, uh, so anyway. Glad to have you on, Andrea. Uh, reading about GB Sciences, uh, you know, it says that you guys are already ahead of the digital transformation curve in, in your revolutionary AI-based drug discovery platform called Pharos. Yes. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to shut up, and all my listeners and viewers know that's hard for me. So <laughs> do us a favor. Tell us a little bit more about you, because I know I'm sure there's some other cool things. Tell us about your company. And my gosh, you're going to tell me what is digital transformation and drug discovery platforms, and particularly trying to get the plant-based medicines to market. So I'm done. It's all you. Sure. Well, thank you so much for that kind introduction and to set up this topic today. Um, As you mentioned before, my background is in biochemistry. So I sort of see the world through a different lens. And I've always been obsessed with the power of plant-based medicines Um, Traditional medicine is often overlooked as being a really powerful force here in the United States, but 65% of the world still use traditional medicine either as their sole medicine or in conjunction with Western medicine. So it's real medicine, Um, (laughs) y'all. So it should not be uh, overlooked. The well, difference. Well, well, I got to stop you there. Yeah. You said y'all. Is that an homage <laughs> to me being in Texas? Thank you so much. Maybe. I, I think a little rubbing off on me because I actually yeah, have like Okay. Uh, sorry. Anyway. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, please jump in anytime. It's good. Okay. Uh, no, so, so, so I joined GB Sciences back in 2014 with the mission of trying to 
it, trying to take plant-based medicine to the next level. Back in 2014, we were a cannabis producing company in Las Vegas, Nevada, as well as we had, um, we, we subsequently opened up a medical cannabis facility in, in Louisiana with LSU. We were the first public company to join forces with land grant university to, oh. to enable medical cannabis to go out there in the world. And what we were trying to do is use science to unlock the therapeutic potential of the cannabis plant. So our original mission was really focusing our resources and our scientific uh, experience on the cannabis, cannabis plant specifically. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about Pharos, uh, Pharos has evolved over the last eight years. And in the early days, the digital part of what we were doing in research was sort of sort of lagging all of the bench work that we were doing. We were training it to uh, help us unlock the potential of plants. And so um, in, well, about two years ago, we turned the corner and we have subsequently divested all of our cannabis touching entities. So we are a full-on biopharmaceutical company now with no plant touching assets. Hmm. But that said, one of the things that we were able to do was have experience in using the plant and unlocking its potentials. We have, most of our lead programs are based on cannabinoids and terpenes and work that we did back when we were a cannabis company. We've hmm. since, since pivoted and we've also sort of casting a wider net. We're no longer focused simply on cannabis. Uh, we have we have loaded up Pharos, our AI-enabled engine, with multiple traditional medical systems. And so one thing that's, that's unique about our Pharos program is that we were able to load multiple traditional medical systems into a single searchable database. And that's really hard to do because there are a lot of both language and cultural differences in the way that people talk about medicine. And so because so much of traditional medicine is, is sort of oral or traditional, you had to really, we had to really work with a bunch of people that we call, that are called ethnobotanists. And they were able to help us crack the code and finding the similarities so that we can have a single database with multiple different traditional medical systems that you can query across the different systems. And the big idea that we were using when we were using Pharos is the idea that if, for example, a pain therapeutic, pain is one of those, is one of those um, issues for humankind that transcends geography mm -hmm. and time, right? Every it's universal for sure. For, 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 so one of the first places we started was with our a pain medicine using the Pharaohs program. And what we found is that if we look across the, the many different traditional medical systems that we had, um, we were able to do something called an in silico convergence analysis, meaning we were looking for similarities between the molecules that were being used to treat pain across different geographical areas. Because the idea here is if it's happening independently and yet there's a convergence, it's most likely not because of chance. And so that's kind of the basis of how we use, so, so what, what is Pharos? It's a way to interrogate all of traditional medicine. What does it do? Well, it looks for, for these similarities across these different traditional medical systems with the idea that if there are these similarities between the way that different people are treating pain, for example, then it's probably real. It's not just mm -hmm. a coincidence. And so what we've been doing is trying to decode traditional medicine in, in a way that it makes it more user-friendly for today. So right, one of the challenges we have is the FDA and, and medicine in general is key to, uh, if you go into a drugstore, really you're talking about single ingredient drugs. And the reason okay. that single ingredient drugs 
are the way it's been in Western medicine for so long is that we have a system where we need to have data-driven medicine. And so in a world where we didn't have computer programs, people had to set up very simple systems so that they could test them and interpret the data. So what you have is a legacy of the pre-digital era where you have these single ingredient drugs being tested because you can interpret the results more easily than if you have multi-ingredient drugs. But okay. if you if you contrast that with, with what happens in traditional medicine, traditional medicine is, is based on multiple in, active ingredients working in conjunction together. And so what we where we believe that there's a great intersection right now is because the digital era is here, we can now use the power of computers to, to ask questions about how can multiple ingredients not only uh, work together to help treat the different conditions that we have to treat, but also try to predict side effects. Usually side effects are a real part of medicine. And anyone in this country, you know, one of the, things, one of the stats I always like to talk about in, in these interviews is that, I, did you know that more than 50% of Americans are on four drugs? One drug for whatever's ailing you and three drugs for the side effects. Right. Yeah. What if we had... What if we had an algorithm that helped you predict the side effects and not just predict them so that you can eliminate them, but actually have them work in your favor? Because a lot mm -hmm. of things that may be an adverse side effect in one scenario can actually be a good thing in others. And so um, part of what we're trying to do is use digital technology to unlock the potential of, of medicines, of these traditional medicines, but also simplify them into minimum essential mixtures. So we're talking about three to five ingredients. Mm -hmm. And then tr prove them out in the standard pharmaceutical way. Uh, we're using animal and, and then push pushing things into human trials. So the idea is on the front end, there's there's innovation. But ultimately, we ha will have to, in order to be able to get these medicines to the world through the established routes, we'll have to conform to the standards that are there for every other uh, FDA uh, regulated drug. Does that make sense? Okay. No, but but, uh, but you know, really, I, I'm just being honest. No, no, it, no. It make help, help me, so help me, help me break that down and make it simpler. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm not a clinician, but I have stayed in a Holiday Inn Express. Uh, uh -uh. So, um, you were talking about the this the single ingredient drugs. Those are easy to study. Done. Okay. So let's go back to you know, like the AIDS cocktail which were a mixture of drugs. Am, am I on the right track? You are absolutely, that's, that, you couldn't be any more right. So what? The, the idea here between, so what we're trying to do is, is rather than try to get whole plant medicine approved through the FDA, because that's so complicated that the system yeah. I think will never quite accept it, is we're trying to find those say three to five ingredients that we can prove work together. And that's the okay. basis of all our patents has been in showing that key three three ingredients can work together in a system so that so that you have something called synergy synergy yeah. is when um the effects of the mixture are greater than the sum of the effects of the individual ingredients and that's what we've been able to demonstrate with all of our drug of our drug candidates mm -hmm. is that there is biological magic when you put these three things together but we need to, to be able to, to establish their safety and efficacy to fda sure. standards and so that's where your analogy of AIDS cocktails is right on. Because most human diseases are quite complex, it makes sense that these cocktails of ingredients that are addressing different parts of the disease would have a beneficial effect when they're given mm -hmm. together. But you also need to be able to be aware and to be able to predict any of the side effects. 
And so that's where both AI and all of the testing comes in. So you're, you're right on with a cocktail. That's what we're trying to do is we're trying to you to learn from traditional medicine, from plant-based medicine, and create these cocktails of ingredients that we can test and show that they're safe and effective and potentially more effective than single ingredient drugs. Because that's what all of our early uh, evidence suggests is that yeah. these cocktails work better than the individual individual ingredients in these drugs. Okay. Well, and you're, and you're so right because, you know, I'm on like, you know, two, two or three hundred meds, I think. I don't know. And, and one of them, I'm only on it because it protects my kidneys from another medicine that I'm taking. I'm like, why am I doing this? And yeah. so, you know, so are we talking about, are, are you guys trying to go to basically, you know, uh, where, where you are creating cocktails for individuals? I mean, like, okay, so, so I'll just say it. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, type two diabetes. I've got, you know, a little bit of high blood pressure that's controlled with medication, uh, blah, blah, blah. So are you talking about, are you guys working towards like being able to say, hey, Kevin, these are all, this is all the crud that you have. Here is a cocktail for you that will take care of everything and minimize the side effects. So absolutely. This, this, the path that we're on lends itself very well to personalized medicine. Because okay. all we need to do is to put in the specific parameters around your particular health situation to help tailor drugs to you. At the onset, though, what we're trying to do is basically target drugs to specific populations of people, right? But the mm-hmm. but it absolutely in the future could be extended to a more personalized approach, especially as we build out the algorithms surrounding the human side. So. Um, you know, so one of our lead programs is in Parkinson's, for example. Parkinson's is one of those very frustrating drugs yeah. because people have lots of research dollars and lots of research time has been invested in trying to figure out what causes it. And mm-hmm. what we find out with is there's sort of a constellation of things, of factors involved, but not a single, not a single place where you can say that causes it. And so, for example, in our Parkinson's formulation, we have a mixture or a cocktail where we're addressing different aspects of what's known about the disease and trying to use the studies that we're performing to predict how any side effects might be be you know, present in these different combinations. And as a as a way, we hope that this is so almost a more holistic way to approach to approach Parkinson's disease because it's such a complex disease with no single cause. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just pulled up your uh, your uh, presentation on your website on the Parkinson's drugs. Well, and, and that was something that I was thinking about, you know, the, the neurodegenerative diseases, like, you know, like the rule outs with MS, you know, kind of the same thing. Nobody knows what yeah. causes it, but people, you know, you know it when you see it, I think is one of the, those things. Yeah. And it seems like that's pretty common in, in neuro diseases. So, so that makes, that makes really good sense. And then let's see, let's go back to, um, of course, you know, I got to bring up, you've got a COVID-related uh, uh, therapy as well. Talk a little bit about that. You know, we're, we're hoping we're away from COVID and, you know, now we got monkeypox. So let's, right. let's focus on COVID. And, and yeah. So, so, so the, the way that we got into COVID was sort of actually secondarily. We were originally studying um, the, the effects of viral infection on inflammatory responses. Hmm. So our... Our quote unquote COVID um, therapy program is really just 
a program to help protect against the inflammation due to any virus. So the nice thing about the program that we have going is that the need for it doesn't go away when COVID goes away. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's one of those things that would be a great thing to have in your toolkit as a way to address any of these viruses that cause hyperinflammation. And okay. so that's so what we started with actually was uh, we had been working with um, Norbert Kaminsky at Michigan State University. He was following a cohort of patients who had HIV and AIDS. So it's interesting that you'd use that that analogy earlier. And what he found is that um, the, the patients who are HIV, so all of these patients are HIV positive. However, because they're on medicines that control the rates of reproduction, they're serum negative. But what they what they found is that HIV patients who are serum negative still have a small population of HIV virus that lives in their brain and causes inflammation. Yeah. And so he's been studying a, a phenomenon called HIV-associated neurodeficiency syndrome, which is a disease that, if to the uh, to your eye, it looks a little bit like Parkinson's in that there are some movement disorders related to the inflammation, mm-hmm. but there's also some aspects of of uh, HIV-associated neurodeficiency syndrome that are like Alzheimer's, that are more memory-related. Sure. And, and in that scenario, he, he, they can clearly trace that those HIV particles are causing inflammation in the brain. And then you can look at some of the downstream effects of that to show that inflammation can cause symptoms of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Okay. And yeah. so we, what we did, th- what we were doing there is we were trying to um, screen different active ingredients in the cannabis plant in assays that would tell us whether they could downregulate the inflammatory process caused from HIV. And so we had a great de- we had a great data set that showed that a lot of the compounds in cannabis, both cannabinoids and terpenes, were able to downregulate inflammation. But the other cool thing was that um, it's interesting, THC was a, across the board one of the most immunosuppressive molecules out there. It just shut everything down. But in the face of a pandemic, that's not necessarily a great thing, right? Yeah. Do you really want to be immune compromised? So one of the things that we noted in the study was that some of the minor cannabinoids and terpenes would very specifically downregulate parts of an inflammatory cascade, but not take out the whole thing. And we were able to to use the data that we had collected in our HIV experiments and design a, a something that would be better in the face of a pandemic in that it was specifically downregulating those cytokines that are in a cytokine storm that were causing the most damage, the most deaths things like ARDS, you know, the, the lungs and yeah. your heart. And, but would keep a lot of the er, upstream fighting the virus intact. And so we're now moving these, um, we're now moving these formulations that have successfully completed the proof of concept stage through the process to be able to better refine them and hopefully build a better mousetrap as far as in, in, the, in the face of another pandemic or another one of these um, viral-based hyperinflammatory syndromes, this kind of drug would be incredibly useful and minimizing the damage to your system. That, We're not, that's and so it's not the kind of thing that is attacking the virus itself. It's, made, it's protecting you, you from your own immune system. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. And, and I'm glad you brought up heart. So so talk to me a little bit, you know, here at my hospital, I mean, we're, we're the heart hospital. And so I have, I have a real love for, for hearts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing or if you are doing anything in the cardiac space outside of that. Yeah. So, uh, so separate, separate project entirely. Um, 
we've been we've been using plant based um, we've been using plant based ingredients to manipulate receptors that are able to protect uh, the heart from something mm-hmm. called cardiac hypertrophy. So, what people who are prone to heart disease they go through several different stages. One of them being um, because your brain senses that you're not getting enough oxygen, your heart starts to put down layers of muscle in areas that thicken the wall of the heart, but actually don't make it more effective. It's one of those things that's, it was probably designed as sort of a compensation mechanism, but turns out to be um, a very bad thing for people mm-hmm. with heart disease. And so what we've been able to demonstrate in an animal model of this is that by manipulating the trip, it's called a trip B1 receptor. It's a uh, calcium channel. By manipulating that calcium channel, we're able to reduce and reverse cardiac hypertrophy. And that's something that would be huge for people with heart disease. And so we, just this year, we were actually granted the patent on our plant-based formulations that Mm -hmm. are addressing trip B1 modulation of the heart. And so we're working towards more, uh, towards more, animal validation before we go to the clinic. And hopefully we're trying to find a partner on that one. I just got to be honest with you. Yeah. We're, we've got Parkinson's in the, the, so if you look at our pipeline, Parkinson's our lead molecule, we believe will be in the clinic next year with that one. Uh, chronic pain is right behind that. And we, we do some really novel things with that. We've got it in a time-released capsule. Uh, there are nanoparticles. And the nice thing about our pain, our chronic pain formulation is that you can take a single oral dose and in animal models, it gives 11 days of relief. So that chain is a game changer when it comes to chronic pain. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then we've got, as we talked about, our COVID anti-inflammatory, which I think is going to be a great thing in the future. And then the heart heart disease stuff is incredibly promising, but those are really hard trials to do. They take a lot of money and resources. So they're mm-hmm. they're there and we're looking for a partner for that one, we hope to, to be able to announce at some point soon. Man, that's incredibly fascinating. Okay, so let's look at, okay, you're working on all these different things. Okay, we are, we're 10 years out in 2032. Talk to me about GB Sciences then. Where, where, what have you done in 10 years and what would you be looking to do beyond that? So what GB Sciences is trying to do is change the face of medicine. We're trying to be able to enable um, the, the formation and the use of computer-based digital resources to have people rethink how medicine is made, to make these cocktails that are able to look at different aspects of human disease and pre-factor in the side effects such that we have more effective medicines that are able to address some of our more complicated diseases because the single ingredient um, strategy for complex diseases isn't really working out as well. And as you mentioned before, with HIV and AIDS, without the cocktail, I, I, we would have lost that. That right. that would have been a battle that we had we had lost, right? So, like, and other things like cancer drugs. There's another area where it's so complex that we really need to be thinking in terms of what mixtures can we use that will amplify the therapeutic potential of of each of the actives that are in there. Mm-hmm. And so, we believe that in ten years we'll have several of our products down the pipeline and. That'll be serve as a proof of concept to the industry that simple mixtures can be the next wave of medicine. And that looking to plants as inspiration is probably a really good idea, especially since we've got thousands of years of history of using plant-based medicines 
let's re reimagine that and empower future generations with brand new therapies that may have gotten lost because most people look down on traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So I, I will say, number one, I am smarter for the, for the preceding 25 <laughs> minutes. Thank you so much for that because I was, I was a little concerned. Uh, and number two, yeah, you guys are doing some incredible things. You know, that, you're, you're the type of guest I love to have on my show because you know, you're pushing the envelope. And I love people that like to step on the edge and let's see what can happen in the future. So can, you know, can I add one thing? We would yeah. not be able to do the really cool stuff we, we do without the help of researchers all over the globe. We work with researchers yeah. in Spain, in Greece, in Hawaii, in Michigan, in Oregon, in you know Louisiana, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so the vision that we have that is shared among our researchers uh, is a is a very strong vision that we I believe that GB Sciences helps to lead that vision, but the actual work is done in labs all over the world, and and I think that's the right way to, to also approach medicine. Um, human health and disease is a global issue, mm -hmm. and cooperativity is the way to really be able to amplify our our efforts and come up with these novel solutions that we're looking for. Man, that's just fascinating, Dr. Andrea Small Howard, President, CSO, Board of Directors. You probably take out the trash too at GB Sciences. <laughs> I'm so happy that you were on today. It was, it's been really, really fascinating. Thanks so much. Thank you. This was a, this was a great discussion, and I thank you for leading me along and uh, helping me break it down. It's always hard to to have some of these really complex uh, ideas get across in a way that people can understand. So I hope that we are able to do that today. Thanks, you did, because I actually understood probably half of what you said. So you did I'll a great take it. job. I'll take it. Thank okay, you so much. Great. Well, well, thanks again uh, my, to my viewers and listeners. Uh, you've heard a, a great word today from Andrea. And uh, you know how to find us. We're on uh, marketscale.com. Uh, we're also on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, you name it. Just look for I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson, because if you just put in I Don't Care, you might get a Justin Bieber song, and I know you don't want that. So, uh, we, you know, I'll, I'll close like I typically close. If you haven't downloaded and subscribed to, to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson, why not? With that, we'll see you again next week. Take care.